0: oh hello again hello again folks oh hi mark hi there hi, Sean. Sean. <laughs> hi there that flipped over a new leaf okay
1: <laughs> welcome to the three wise men of divorce money psych and law podcast sit down with the california divorce experts financial divorce consultant mark hill psychologist scott weiner and attorney Sean Weber for a frank and casual conversation about divorce, separation, co-parenting, and the difficult decisions real people like you face during these tough times. We know that if you are looking at divorce or separation, it can be scary and overwhelming. With combined experience of over 70 years in divorce and conflict management, we are here for you and look forward to helping by sharing our unique ideas, thoughts, and perspectives on divorce, Separation and co parenting.
0: The wise men, the wise men of divorce are back again for another stimulating conversation. And I'll tell you what, maybe the whole core of the issue that we're discussing and have been discussing over and over again rests in the concept of we speak of divorce and divorce and divorce. And how about speaking of marriage? If we could marry sensibly somehow, if we could marry sensibly, you know, you people could put us out to pasture where we belong. We'd We'd be be out of business. We'd be so out of business. I would be fine with that.
2: I'm thinking about that old song, love and marriage. You can't have one without the other. But it's actually marriage and divorce. You can't have the second without the first. So, and, and I've had people come to me who are entering a second marriage or who are marrying late in life and have substantial assets. And, you know, they're like, what do I do? How can I do this the right way? Perhaps because I screwed up the first time I did it, but perhaps also because I've seen other people make mistakes and I want to avoid them and I don't know the right questions to ask.
0: You know it's interesting that we're that we're doing this because, in the uh, as we were rolling up to beginning our our discussion, Sean had mentioned um, another idea which is basically linked with all this, which is how do we keep from making the same mistakes over and over again? Yeah, I mean, uh, I mean, a whole core of my clinical work. I mean, even I, I would say a heart, the, the root, the very heart and soul of it is helping people with their habits. And my, my belief is that habit is what makes us civilized, what makes all of this possible, that we can manage to duplicate actions that are good um, unconsciously and unwittingly. Unfortunately, what worked out once doesn't always work out and the habit is there whether it is any longer useful or positive so
1: yeah we
0: are likely to make the same mistakes again and again
1: is it is it true scott that sometimes we get into a habit of dating people that are toxic for us or just aren't a good match for us
0: oh absolutely that is true but we don't we don't do that because they are toxic no no we do that because they are exciting in some kind of way. I was going to say, or,
1: because we're toxic.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, but no, yeah,
1: right. I there's see. there's something that, it, what it, there's an attraction, right?
0: It can, I mean, at the very bottom line, be something as simple as he is my type. She is my type. And that is, that is as habit-based as habit can be.
1: So what if your type... Is great to hang out with and go on a date with and a lot of fun, but then to be married to that type just doesn't seem to work for you. How about that? So what do you do then?
0: What well, we do? You come to us, and then we get to make a living,
1: <laughs> and we'll make a good living, right? I always well, joke. Yes. I, I, I don't know how to save a marriage, but I sure know how to ruin one. Well, of course. You know how do you how do you ruin one, Sean? Well, I mean, one, one is you can marry a person that's not a good ma- match for you for marriage material, and just keep making that same mistake. You can marry people that are fun but aren't necessarily marriage material. You can be very selfish. That's a good way to ruin a marriage. You know. Well, you one can have thing affairs. That, that'll do it. That they because. teach
0: us. They teach us in law school that um, marriage is really a, a three way contract. Uh It's between two people and the state, Mm
2: -hmm. Mm -hmm.
0: and there it's a very serious agreement you're making. And what is less Uh exciting and less interesting on that first or second date is the um, deeply, deeply important capability of being responsible to each other and being, uh, as Mark has spoken of, being each other's fiduciary, having those duties. to each other doesn't that sound romantic
2: oh my god that's let's have a talk about the prenup honey right before we go home
1: right let's (laughs) let's talk about or or like the couple i had the other day he got out of bed walked around to the other side of the bed knelt down and proposed to her okay they'd been living together okay all right fine and then and then they proceeded to talk about the prenup. Hmm. Not very romantic.
2: No, but I it's, mean, no. Be- it's better than just after the wedding invitations went
1: out. Well, that's happened too. <laughs> yeah. You know, and I, I, I was joking with you guys before we went on that that I have this curse, and you probably experience it too, where you know we've seen enough divorces that we can kind of tell. I, or at least I can. I, I can spot folks, and I, I'll turn to my wife. Oh, yeah. I give them about five years if they're lucky,
2: and she punches you in the arm if you're lucky. She's like,
1: "Shut up! Don't say that!" Right? <laughs> and and but I mean, I'm usually right. <laughs> Which and so what is it I'm spotting? I'm not even sure what I'm spotting. I just it's just kind of a sense, maybe a professional sense of having been you know there's just interactions that kind of you spot.
0: Well, you know, know what, what what might help our folks out there is if. If you can actually state what, the, um, what some of these signs might be, okay. what do you notice? All I right, mean, so I'm
1: ad-libbing, shooting from the hip here. Go um, for it. Over-involved extended family. Okay. When the in-laws are more invested in the wedding than the wedding participants are. That tends to be a bad sign.
0: I notice a um, either a, a, a set of behaviors or even even uh, reported history being bandied about of really irresponsible behavior. Sooner or later, that's going to tip, mm-hmm. you know, the meter. That doesn't or- mean they won't be able to recover. And that can be an artifact of simple immaturity that people grow out of. But, you know, when you have people well into adulthood who, you know, you know, have um, just just not managed to be reliable. Yeah. Oh, you know, boy.
1: Well, and that kind of goes with the in-laws. So, I mean, like if, if the person you're marrying has not managed to cut the cord. The umbilical cord. By the time yes. you're planning to marry this person from their parents, chances are that cord is going to be remain intact throughout your marriage.
0: It, not to be difficult, but I've seen that save marriages too, though. Okay. Well, I you I know follow where, that. where you know, but it's 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 a strange thing because um, you know the the responsibility end of things is is up in the the uh, superordinate generation then as opposed to in the relationship and it's kind of weird it's we were laughing about how unexciting and unromantic it is but boy what a feeling of confidence it gives when you really know the other person is reliable and you know Mm -hmm. pulling do you
2: run a background check do you do a credit
1: (laughs) check I mean seriously no no no, you're
2: so smart a
1: credit credit check is a good idea actually (laughs) well I had a gal she I shouldn't say gal. You're not supposed to say gal anymore. Woman who um, married a man and he told her what he was and who he was. And it was all made up. It was all story. And then after she was married to him for a while, she realized what he really was and wasn't anything anything close to what he sold her as far as his background, his career, his life, he 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 sold himself out. He held himself out to be this very wealthy, successful businessman. He was an absolute pauper and a failure in business, and um, didn't hold many of the positions he said he held. And,
2: so, is there a legal consequence uh, to it, that? That's where I
0: was going. Law <laughs> question. Law question. Yeah, well, really? it, it
1: can be. Me. I mean, you you can get a nullity of marriage. You know, basically, when we say nullity, it's as if the marriage never happened. My my former business partner used to say, "We're going to make you a virgin again." Fraud in the inducement. Fraud in the inducement. Yeah, fraud wow. in the inducement. Yeah, I can, haven't
0: seen that one. I bet I, you have.
1: One, I can count them on one hand. The cases that I've actually seen successfully litigated for fraud in the inducement nullity, but they can happen. Sure. Um, the other is, uh, or or um, he was sterile and had uh, an STD and didn't tell me about it. And then we got married, and now we can't have children. And on top of that, he gave me an STD. I had that case. And Mm -hmm. uh, there was a – she got a a, a nullity for that. Um, There's also void marriages. So if someone happens to be married to somebody else Mm -hmm. when they marry you, that's not a marriage. That's a void marriage.
0: Was
2: the uh, the – It is not consummated. Isn't that a – that a situation? Yeah, the or the,
1: or the incapacity to consummate, right? Yeah. yeah, you know. But it's not like we have marriage police. It's not like we have inspectors coming in and making sure that.
2: That's just in Georgia, I believe.
1: People are right <laughs> that people are actually <laughs> consummating things. Like apologies to
2: folks in Georgia, but the truth of the matter is that is a bit of a. Uh, there is a, something. Uh, there are some laws in Georgia that were a little behind. Yeah, I mean, me?
1: every state has their weird, their weird, uh, laws, right? But um, yeah, I mean, um, things so like that. We, I mean, it's not like a marriage police that are just like inspecting. Like there was a time when, when you know, in old England, where some you know the handmaidens would actually come in and inspect the bed sheets to make sure that, right? There was a consummation, or there would be a physical examination of the bride to make sure that. A, she was a virgin before and B, she wasn't after, <laughs> you know, but we don't do that in America anymore, really. Um, why are we talking about this?
2: Because <laughs> you had the bright idea of, of saying how we can avoid mistakes.
1: In- well, okay. Yeah. So one mistake is know who you're marrying, right? Right. Don't, don't marry, you know, and I think there's nothing wrong with doing a background check. Find out if there's a DV history. Yep. You know, if there's a domestic violence history, this is probably not somebody you want to marry. Or somebody who's
2: holding themselves out like your participant as being successful financially. And then when you run the credit report, you you find out they've got late payments for for all the credit cards, you know.
0: My,
1: my. Did either of you guys do any of that? I never did that when I got married. No, but you've met my wife. She's perfect. I'm lucky. (laughs) Well, Yeah. But I um, mean the only thing wrong with my wife is her bad judgment. But I mean yeah, I mean she probably shouldn't yeah, have me. And their choice me, of men, you mean? Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, But so. I mean it, okay, so I just said that and it was kind of obnoxious because I'm sure most people that marry somebody that turns out to be something totally different than what they thought would have talked the same way I just did. Right? Yeah. So so maybe I'm jaded enough as an attorney that if I were to get married tomorrow, I probably would do all of that background check, even though if even though I was completely in love. And Um, I think that
0: one of the things that happens is that people get married too quickly. Mm. And, you know, when you marry on impulse, as opposed to really spending some time to get to know somebody. You know, if somebody's telling all these grand stories of uh, richness and business and this, that, and the other, um, but never quite paying for dinner, uh, <laughs> <laughs> you, might, you might wonder or, you know. So marry
2: slowly, and the corollary to that is divorce quickly because i (laughs) I, well think about it i've learned with hiring people my tendency was always hire the first person through the door that i think i can get along with and then stay with them even when they're not working out because i want to make it work and i picked them i've learned to do it differently hire very slowly and if it's not working you know let's terminate. quickly Let's fire quickly. Let's move on. Both of us will be happier, you know.
1: I probably could have saved myself a lot of heartache in business if I'd have been more attentive to that. I think the hiring part
2: is is the corollary to the understanding who you're marrying.
1: Sure. Well, yes. (laughs) You know who you're marrying. slowly. Well, and the other other thing is once, you know, Tony Morrison said, when a person tells you who they are, believe them. Hmm. You know, so if you come across a person and they kind of give you some hints as to what kind of personality they have and how they're going to treat people. Believe that. My, my favorite example is you have somebody, you know, um, I'm the other woman or the other man. And I, you know, they, they, they've they left their spouse for you. Hmm. Why do you think they're not going to leave you for someone else after that? Oh, because we're all too Great, man! Come yeah,
2: on, absolutely, I'm perfect. What's your problem? I don't understand. Right? The
1: question. Yeah. Right. Um, so, I mean, when, when somebody tells you who they are, believe them.
2: Well, except the you sociopath. You mean when somebody
0: shows you who they
2: are? Yeah, because not it's tells like, you. It's, yeah. Well, it's it's there's, this, soci- well, there's everybody's the everybody's left
1: somebody for us. Okay, Mark, you go.
2: Well, yeah. there's the sociopath who is charming and who will. You know, is has energy and is exciting, and they're fun to be around, and they're uh, not who they actually say they are, but they're convincing.
1: But if you spend some time with that person, Scott, would that sociopathic those sociopathic tendencies kind of show themselves? So, like, if you do a rush wedding, you might miss it, right? But if you spend, well, sure. um, unfortunately, the answer to that is yes, but it
0: doesn't help because what they'll keep showing you is the charm is the charm is the charm is the charm. Mm. And, and they, um, although they're very self-centered, they're unwittingly they're there's there. It's even deeper than intent by nature. They are so watching you for your responses and they are just going to make you smile and smile and smile. But over time, again, over some time, um, they'll start to do things like, oh, not show up, uh, or, uh, be, you know, and, and then have a, a real flip, you know,
1: leave a boiled rabbit on your stove. Things don't like that. I about
0: that one. <laughs> I've never seen that one. It's talking the sub- about the whole that
1: movie, it? fatal, fatal attraction where she, left him, left oh. a boiled rabbit. <laughs> I thought that was a cat, wasn't it? It was the rabbit.
2: I was the rabbit. Well, what about the godfather? We just put a horse head in the bed, you know.
1: <laughs> <laughs> this that is all, really... that's a perfect example. Michael Corleone was a <laughs> was a mafia killer. And she married him. And and he's like, Oh, I'm gonna go legit. Yeah, right. Yeah, well, <laughs> you can
2: ask me one question about my business. And that's Are you involved in it? And is, this is the one time I'm gonna answer in a whole marriage. Are you involved with the, the crime syndicate? No,
1: no. He, yeah. he
2: only had to lie to her once.
1: Did you murder your brother-in-law? No, <laughs> of course not. What do, what do you think I am? A killer? Would I leave my Would I leave my sister a widow? That's right. That's what he said, isn't it? Yeah. Why would I do such a thing? She's crazy. You know, she's just crazy I'm telling you that. But that's All that's right. classic kind of sociopathic kind of stuff, isn't it? Or kind of manipulative stuff.
0: Um, I don't know how classic it is. it's classical uh, it's a good movie film <laughs> <laughs> but for for our for our good people out there who indulge us by listening to us, I think that the serious thought that sits behind all this is, how do I keep from making the same mistake over and over again? And I mean, the only thing that in my honest to God, Meat and potatoes, clinical world, I can say is know what kind of mistakes you are prone to.
1: Yeah, that's what I was going to say. You know, I my favorite anecdote on this is I had a client who had gone through four marriages. And yes. when the fourth one hit, you know, he was feeling pretty low about the third one, you know, and I, I helped him on two of them, I think. And um, we actually were opposing counsel on. His second one, you know, so he he liked our work so much that he came to me to hire me to help him in his third divorce. But um, he said, you know what I realized is there's one constant in all of these divorces (laughs) 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 and it's me. And I said, well, you know, remember back when I told you after, after the second one that what you needed to do before you thought about getting into a new relationship is get some good honest to goodness therapy to find out what it is about you that is attracted to or attracts this person that you married, that was such a disaster for you and make sure you don't make that mistake again. I mean, Scott, how, how would therapy like that work? If if a person comes in with
0: that amount of clear intent, (laughs) the chances are it would work. First of all, adverb beautifully, but, um, (laughs) Well, I mean, each person is n of one. We're we're all the same, and yet we're all you know we're all sort of a bit different. And this this sort of a thing could happen for either unconscious reasons or or pure conscious error. I mean, again, if a person has is feeling a certain kind of an attraction to a certain type, and then the rest of the kinds of things like the reliability and decency stuff we've been talking about somehow gets left to the side. Well, now there is that other problem, which he did isolate, which is the one constant in this is me. And maybe, uh, maybe all these different choices he made were fine. And the problem is that he wasn't, Husband material.
1: Well, I mean, that's that's the conclusion he reached. He he decided, you know what? I'm not gonna four is enough. I'm not going to inflict myself on anybody else, and I'm just going to be a bachelor for the rest of my life. And well, so with I, I kind of felt bad for him. I mean, he was, did you you got to know him a little bit.
0: Was yes. he was he a marriageable man? <laughs> or was was he reliable? Was he decent? Was he trustworthy? Was he? um responsible you know did he carry his weight
1: yes but he had um a certain personality kind of If he listens to this he's going to know it's him but i think he'll be okay with this discussion um a certain legend in his own mind kind of approach to life okay really sure of himself so um, a
0: bit grandiose and a bit, um, bit of a
1: wheeler and dealer made him brilliant in business, mm-hmm. but I think it probably caused him some trouble in marriage.
0: So was he uh wheeling and dealing at home too? Was he able to turn that off when he got home and said, Hey, I had a really good day honey. You know, I did this and did that. Now what can I do for you?
1: Yeah, I don't think so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, well, I mean, I don't know. I mean, one of the women he married was a lunatic. I mean, I can tell you she was not tightly wrapped. Maybe that was maybe I mean, he was attracted to that. So maybe that's part of the problem, too. Was she exciting? Yeah, I'm sure. Well, there's so
2: so there's that there is that aspect where it's, you know, yes, she's broken, but she's never been with me before. And I can fix her because I'm so special. So there is is that syndrome. A little bit of a hero. What I'm hearing from this is we really cannot know for sure. You know, we really Mm. cannot be sure when we get married that it will last a lifetime. So what can we do? What, how can we help people practically with, you know, yes, you get married with the best of intention and uh, uh, all these high hopes, but, you know, we should be aware that divorce is um statistically a pretty high outcome for everybody. 5 out of 10. And, yeah, and for second marriages it's more than for first marriages. And yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah, it yeah. is. It increases
1: the more marriages there. With are. each marriage it's it's exponential. Yeah. In fact, it's not really half of all marriages fail. Half of all first marriages do not fail. Exactly. It's yeah. the second and third marriages that skew the results.
2: Yeah. So, I see. So what can we do? Well, first of all, let me be a financial guy here. Let's do that. Or we know what we own and can prove it the day we get married. Nobody, you know, right. They don't say, okay, I'm getting married in the morning. We're going to have the bachelor party on Thursday and I get married on Saturday. So, on Friday, what I'm going to do is print out account statements of all my brokerage accounts, my bank accounts, my 401k. My, uh, I'm going to make sure I've got that letter from my mom and dad that that says that I actually they gave me a hundred thousand dollars nine years ago that I put into this uh, house where this soon-to-be wife of mine and I have been living. Get your ducks in a row financially so that you have it. Pray you never need it. But at least then, if there are what we call separate property claims, because you had stuff before you got married, then what you would do basically is now have all the documents you're going to need. So that's a practical thought. And I I don't think it's being pessimistic. I think it's just being, you know,
1: I think it's being, and it's also being a good steward to your spouse. Exactly.
0: You know, um, Oops, Did you notice what he said about the timing of that, the day before the wedding? <laughs>
1: yeah, I'd say <laughs> well, that's probably too just late. Which to, is really. to
0: locate that, that that benchmark point. Well, it, point. if
2: you have he access to it, that's the date you want because you want the date of marriage valuation. Now, nobody usually spends their honeymoon doing their, <laughs> printing out their statements, but, and it's usually the farthest thing from your mind at that point, but you want to have that information. Because if, you, if your marriage lasts seven years, the banks don't have the records. Yeah. They keep it for seven years. The IRS, you know that we're required to keep our tax returns for, I think, seven years. Anybody want to guess how long the IRS keeps them? Five years. You cannot get a tax return that's six years old from the IRS if you've lost what you filed with them. Wow, not even a transcript? Nope, nothing. It's gone. Because I tried one time because there so had been a
1: mislaid. How are they going to audit you if it's longer than five years?
2: Proof is upon you. They don't have a record of it. I guess they don't, don't go back more than five years. That's interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, it, it, it was fascinating to me because I called the IRS because we had a, a, you know, we ne- trying to get records from earlier years, a lot more than five years back because we had an issue with the with the house that had been purchased back in the 90s before we were rolling capital. Well, you know, it was like buy a new house, establish a new basis. Back in the old days, we rolled the basis of our old homes into it. So we needed, these people had lived in their house for 25 years, but they'd owned two houses before. And so we needed to know what the basis was. And what they used to do was put a form on the back of the tax return. It says, this is the basis in your new house. And that all went away in 98. Nobody cares anymore. But if you- Happened to buy your house in ninety seven, and you'd owned a couple of houses before. You do not know how much tax you owe.
1: <laughs> well, I mean, we've talked about this before. I'm a big fan of the prenup, especially with a second marriage. And and the prenup process requires that level of disclosure. Mm-hmm. You know, and and uh,
2: you know, My goodness, it,
1: it, people need to. I, I think the prenup is so good because it forces the conversation about the money, so that you can make sure you're on the same page. And I've had people in the prenup process decide, you know what? We're not going to get married. And yep. at, at first I used to think, oh, gosh, I think maybe the prenup process broke up their marriage. And then I realized, no, what broke up their marriage is they shouldn't have been getting married. And the prenup process revealed that to them. Yeah, yeah. And um, so so whether it's a prenup or not, having that detailed conversation about the money and what's going to happen, I think, to. People just skip over that because it's not romantic.
2: Yeah, well, no one wants to that have that conversation.
1: Prevented
0: a train wreck, and instead they just didn't get on the train. You know, they didn't get it's on the pro- train.
1: Well, I remember telling this. This I remember this woman in particular. I mean, the agreement he wanted her to sign was so onerous, so horrid that I could not. I told her, I said, I cannot recommend that you sign this. This is a horrid agreement for you, and she was really upset. And she ended up not marrying him over it. And I think, okay, bullet dodged. Yep. You know, maybe that's okay. Watch, I'll probably get letters. How dare you screw up these people's engagements? But they just asked me, you know, what does the prenup mean for me? You know, and really what it did is it exposed some attitudes that were just not compatible for them. I said to her, I said, if you want to marry this guy knowing that that's what's going to happen if you get divorced, then by all means, you know. My job isn't to tell you not to do it. My job is just to tell you what your exposure is.
2: And and the great thing about doing the prenup is it requires you, you don't have to spend the honeymoon printing out your statements because the prenup (laughs) will list out the separate Mm -hmm. property assets that you both have at that time. There it is, identified account numbers, dollar amounts. Now, a lot of the money that my firm makes is sorting out the mess when there isn't. A prenup so we talk about avoiding mistakes um we have a case right now with a client who has sean basically um rolled various different retirement accounts from his fairly long career into one account that he essentially has been was contributing separate property before the marriage in his contributions to his retirement plan, marital property during the marriage, plus converting a number of different accounts into that account from separate property prior that he had from accounts prior to the marriage into that account. And then he got separated and he's been making separate property since. Can you imagine the complexities of tracing the returns on all those contributions and where the money came from and who gets what? It's a, it's a full employment act for Pacific divorce management. Because we have to trace every one of those pieces of cash flow, work out how the returns were on those every single month up or down and do the separate property plus the community property shares. I mean, it's a lot of work and no one thinks about it. He was just, oh, it's, I don't want statements from four different financial institutions. We'll just put it all in Schwab. Makes well- sense. And it would have made sense if he'd stayed married.
1: You know. we're, we're running out of time, guys. We're to that point. But I have three takeaways. Let's see if you agree with these three takeaways. I'm going to call them. I just wrote them down. The three no's. Not N-O, but K-N-O-W. Know who you are marrying. Number one. Number two, know yourself.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Number three, know the money. Am I missing anything? Know the family. <laughs> That's the fourth. No, know the family. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> because you really are marrying the in-laws too. You yeah, know. Uh, yep. <laughs> and if there's and if there's children, if there's um, children of the other person. Yep. Know those kids. Better know them too. This is not good. You know, blended families are hard. So so know that, and know your own boundary with those kids interesting yeah i've got It'll a case work. like that that i'm, I'm consulting on now where, where that's kind of what's going on as much, like
0: did... as much as we think in terms of the how ancient the old arranged marriage
1: realities are <laughs> there's some sense to it some of them worked out yep.
0: rather well
1: well you know they have a higher success rate than what we do Yep, yeah. they really do I I suppose, you know, the the
0: pressure to stay married in those cultures and, and, you know, how.
2: And actually, one of the biggest challenges I have with is with divorcing couples who are both first generation Americans of immigrant parents. Yeah. The immigrant parents were in arranged marriages, and even though they married within their culture, they did it for a different they did they chose each other as opposed to being chosen for them. And those marriages are less successful too than the ones where they're arranged, even in this country, you know.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah. Oh my lord, could I tell stories that I can't tell?
1: <laughs> We've all got stories that we would love to share, but indeed. I mean, the reason we're sharing all this stuff is because we have seen the the train wrecks. And I've also seen, not so much professionally, because I get the train wrecks as my profession, but I've also seen personally some pretty incredible success stories. And so it is possible to have the dream, right? I remember my grandparents, they had their 60th wedding anniversary, and I asked my grandfather, you've been married 60 years, and I was expecting some kind of snarky answer from him, like, Now that you look back on it, what was it? He says it was one big, long, beautiful dream. Hmm. Wow, that's wonderful. That's Norman Rockwell, right? So there there are those stories out there. Um, If you're not in that story, it doesn't mean it's the end of the world, right? There's a way forward. There's a way through this. We can help you if it's a divorce. Yep. I'm,
0: I'm thinking of what those grandparents of yours must have been like to have that great, big, long dream. They must have been very patient. They must have been very steady. They must have been all kinds of wonderful things.
1: All of those, it, all of the above. Yeah, yeah,
0: you know, you're right. And if those people, if, if, you know, when we, if you talk about where we started this discussion, um, if you're patient enough to really do the, the getting to know process slowly and wisely, I think that you, you won't be visiting us in our offices. But if you do, Sean, how do they get a hold of you?
1: Well, if you have any kind of dispute, whether it's a marital dispute or a child dispute or some other kind of dispute, go to WeberDisputeResolution.com. That's Weber with one B like the grill. com, And we will match you with a mediator who can help you resolve your dispute. Mr. Hill.
2: You would go to Pacific Divorce Management's website, which is www.packdivorce.com P-A-C-D-I-V-O-R-C-E.com. And uh, phone numbers and contact information is all there.
0: And I'm Scott Weiner, and I'm a psychologist. I'm at 619-417-5743, and I answer my own phone, ladies and
1: gentlemen. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Three Wisemen of Divorce, Money, Psych, and Law. If you like what you heard, be sure to subscribe, leave us a review, and share with others who may be in a similar place. Until next time, stay safe, healthy, and focused on a positive, bright future. This podcast is for informational purposes only. Every family law case is unique, so no legal, financial, or mental health advice is intended during this podcast. If you need help with your specific situation, feel free to schedule a time to speak with one of us for a personal consultation.